0: Today is Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Officials released a crowd estimate for the huge march for Israel rally in D.C. Yesterday, we'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. You can email us as well. Quick Podcast at CBN.org. Join me now to get through the news of the Cray. Billy Hallowell on this Wednesday. Trey is... Still head back from the march yesterday, Billy. What's up?
1: I'm I'm ready to go. I'm excited. That yeah. was a crazy march, man.
0: Crazy, huge turnout. We'll get the details there in just a minute. Absolutely incredible. What a statement. There was actually could have been bigger. A huge group of Jews were blocked from attending. I'll tell you details on that story. We have a famous ex-Muslim making the focus story today, Billy.
1: Yes, yeah, this is uh, crazy. She was an a- she became an atheist right after being a Muslim, very well-known, Ian um, hersey Ali, and is now a Christian. So we'll get into that journey.
0: All right, looking forward to the details on that conversion. On the main thing, the Finnish politician who we've covered many times on this show, who's facing a years-long battle, legal battle, for sharing her biblical views on sexuality, there's been a actual ruling in the court, and we'll have the details on that all coming up. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Officials estimate the crowd yesterday to be at around 290,000 for the March in Israel rally in Washington, D.C. yesterday. That's a huge turnout. Some are saying it's the largest gathering of Jews in modern history and the largest pro-Israel rally in American history. Among those who spoke to the crowd were actresses Deborah Messing and Montana Tucker, actor Brett Gelman and Van Jones, who's a left-leaning political activist on CNN. He was there. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, House Democratic Leader Hakeem Jeffries were joined by House Speaker Mike Johnson and Senator Joni Ernst from Iowa, and they locked hands in a We Stand with Israel chant. Hundreds of Jewish people headed to the rally, though. They were left stranded when bus drivers staged a, quote, deliberate and malicious walk-off. This according to a major Jewish organization. They said the, quote, anti-protest left a chartered flight from Detroit with about 300 people on the Dulles airport tarmac for about 11 hours before being sent back home, causing them to miss the entire March for Israel event. And Hamas militants captured by Israeli soldiers have admitted during interrogations they hid inside hospitals and use ambulances for terrorist purposes. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNnews.com. Billy, this story about the tarmac, I mean, that is just insane that yeah. somebody would do yeah. that. I mean, look, you, you have a job to do, and regardless of what you think about the person, on the other end of that job, like, you've got to do your job, and this is clearly blocking somebody's rights and essentially holding them hostage, ironically, given what's going on in Israel right now. So I... I don't know what's going to happen to these bus drivers, but it seems like there's going to be something I would hope severe.
1: Well, yeah, you know, I, th- I think this kind of feeds into the whole, you know, it's all about my feelings and you have to yeah. cater to them. Th- this is what happens. It manifests itself in. Well, guess what? My feelings are way more important than your thoughts. And so I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. And I th- and I think that is that's something we
0: have really sowed and reaped in, the, in this culture. And it's it's bad. All around. Trey is still on his way back from the march. He was down there on the ground. So we're going to get more details from him tomorrow on the podcast. But it really was a huge, huge turnout. And what a stark contrast we saw, Billy, between these two types of protests. You have essentially a pro-Hamas protests that are happening on the one hand. And you see a lot of anger. People pulling down the images of hostages that are getting posted. And anger and fighting and yelling and covered faces. And then you watch this, and it was what you can do on the CBN News YouTube channel. Our whole feed is still up there. And you see singing and unity and togetherness and love. All of that is in the air at this event. Really a stark contrast.
1: It is. And, you know, the thing about this that that really has stood out the most to me is the fact that You and you mentioned this while going through the headlines, but the fact that you have Deborah Messing, who's very progressive on a lot of issues, and you have all these conservatives coming together, these people who are recognizing what Hamas did is so evil. And then, you know, I don't know, it's just interesting to see people across the aisle joining hands very literally on this issue. There are very few things that can bring people together. And, of course, there's plenty of division over it. But I think from my perspective seeing that that people unite over this, you know, that that's just gives me a little bit of hope. It really does. Yeah,
0: It was good to see. And and even when there were times where you were like, okay, like when Van Jones was speaking, I don't know if you saw this, Billy, but he said a lot of good things and he condemned Hamas and he was standing up for Israel. But then he said, look, I want to see I'm a peace guy. I want to see. Peace in Israel. I want to see no more bombs dropping in Gaza. And it kind of leave the the message that, you know, there should be a ceasefire or something like that. And the crowd actually broke out into a no ceasefire chant after that. But generally speaking, his speech was well received. Uh, For the support for Israel, but it could have been even more. You mentioned that unity, Billy, and then that across the aisle and there was some of that, but there were a lot of Israeli artists performing and you're like, where, where are the American performance uh, artists performing? Where were they? I didn't see one famous American like singer up there. You know, there's no Beyonce's of the world up there yeah. Taylor Swift's nowhere to be found on this I mean Patricia
1: Heaton you know from Everybody Loves Raymond in the Middle she was
0: there I did
1: see but but you're right I mean where were those performers I think people are really some people are very afraid to speak out I mean every time you post something the reaction you get it's like it's it's insane on this and maybe that's maybe that's part of it but I don't know at the at the end of the day when I, when I look at this, you want to be on the right side of history. And and I've said this every day. I'm going to say it again. This is the third day I've said it. It's impossible to negotiate with people who want you wiped off the face of the earth. So uh, there isn't, I mean, these people who are out there asking for something that is not possible. I think they really misunderstand Hamas and what is going on here. I really do.
0: Yeah, I agree. Both sides is really, honestly, it's a disgusting line to take at this point in time. All right, we're going to move over to the focus story right now. And as we mentioned at the top, a famous ex-Muslim turned atheist has now become a Christian. So what's the story here, Billy?
1: Yeah, this is a crazy story. Ian um, Hersey Ali, she's very well known. She has spoken up for women's rights. She's made international headlines over, over the years. And one of the big things she made headlines for was that She was a Muslim. She became an atheist. And in becoming an atheist, that was often brought up in her work um, as just who she was, right? And so, of course, it was pretty shocking this past week when she wrote a pretty head-turning op-ed. It was titled, Why I Am Now a Christian. And in the piece, she shared why she has decided to turn to faith. And one of the things she said, and we'll get into this more, but, you know, she found life without any spiritual solace to be unendurable. Um, but, but really, she opened this, this opinion piece up by talking about Bertrand Russell and this 1927 lecture he gave, Why I Am Not a Christian. Uh, and so that lecture years ago, she discovered that in the year 2002, and that was about a year after she condemned the 9-11 terror attacks. And here she was, sort of a non-practicing Muslim, um, and that particular essay had a big impact on her But again, it was titled Why I Am Not a Christian. And then her piece was titled Why I Am Now a Christian. So I thought that was pretty interesting, um, that juxtaposition.
0: Yeah. How did she become an atheist in the first place?
1: Yeah. So it kind of actually has to do with this lecture from 1927, she discovered, um, you know, she found herself just like everybody in, in 2002, 2001, trying to understand what was going on with Islam and radical Islam and terrorism. And, you know, she had grown up. Um, a Muslim at that point, she was kind of a non-practicing Muslim. But as she was, you know, going through that lecture, she said she almost found it a relief to adopt an attitude of skepticism towards religion, right? in light of coming out of this background um, that she had, you know, growing up, with the Muslim Brotherhood essentially in Kenya where she grew up, the Muslim Brotherhood had a big influence over her. And so she started to look back at the things she was taught um, and started to look at what was going on. And she just found it easier to say, there is no God, right? I don't need to be held up in all these things that, you know, these these patterns, these actions that I, I'm told I need to do to be good with Allah. And I don't want to read too much you know into her heart on this, but that's kind of how she described it. It was, it was just seeing that atheism was a much easier way than maybe making sense of what was happening with these terrorists and the religion she had been brought up in.
0: Yeah. And then what, why does she say then she made this latest conversion?
1: So this is what's so interesting. She said there, there are a couple of reasons, but one of them included the social benefits of the Judeo Christian values that, you know, we all hold dear. She said that Western civilization is under threat from, you know, all different forces. She talked about the resurgence of authoritarianism and um, the Chinese communist party. She talked about Putin, the rise of global Islamism, all these things that she said really threaten the West that they've all come together. And she also mentioned the viral spread of woke ideology. She said, it's eating the moral fiber of the next generation, which was a pretty interesting line. Um, She said in the end, she found Christianity to be the only credible answer um, to our desire to uphold the legacy of this tradition and to provide safeguards for human freedom. So there was that part of it. Um, but she said, and, and I thought this was the most powerful part. I have also turned to Christianity because I ultimately found life without any spiritual solace unendurable, as I mentioned. But she said um, it was indeed very nearly self-destructive. Mm. She said atheism failed to answer a simple question. What is the meaning and purpose of life, and she's like, "Look, I've got a lot to learn about Christianity still, yeah. uh, but but she's at church and and trying to learn, and so it's a pretty. I mean, it went viral because of who she is, yeah. and so pretty cool story.
0: Yeah, that's really great. And look, I mean, I'm listening to the details you have we have so far on her conversion, and look, it's great, and all the reasons she's stating are valid. I hope she has in there as well what we know from the gospel message that we recognize our desperate need as sinners, that we're all sinners, we all fall short, and that Christ is our only salvation, right? Because if if you end up coming to Christianity because of the other things aren't, you know, no religion do, doesn't satisfy, which is true, right? That the, the God-shaped hole in your heart, that's a true statement, but we still have to recognize our need as sinners and our state as sinners in need of a Savior and that who our Savior is in Jesus Christ, and then we have to turn towards Him, repent from our sins. So, Hopefully she gets to that point as well. But this is a this is a really great. This is a really great uh, story because I don't think a lot of people come full circle like that. I can't recall one story in all of the stories we've covered, Billy, where someone's gone from Muslim to atheist then back to Christianity. Maybe, but I don't I don't recall one.
1: Yeah. No. And and I think. Yeah, when you look at her upbringing and you understand, sometimes you really do understand how people go into atheism, right? You come out of, you know, a radical cult, or you come out, you know, and I think in this case that was very similar with the Muslim Brotherhood and what she went through, but it is amazing. It seems like there's a pull on her, right? And what you described, again, I can't, we can't know everything from this op-ed, but that she is going to, it sounds like she is coming to that place. So I'm praying for her and that's something we should all be doing.
0: Yeah, let's all pray for her, for sure. It's a very, very positive, development appreciate you bringing it to the focus story today on the podcast billy and that's going to lead us into the main thing now and a finnish politician who faced a years-long legal battle for sharing her biblical views on sexuality has been found not guilty of hate speech billy had a chance to catch up with dr pavi rosnan for today's main thing
1: so you have been cleared of all charges, all of the hate charges that were against you. And this was the second trial that you had gone through. What does it feel like to be finally done with it?
2: So I have to say that I feel really grateful and relieved just today. This has been a happy day. <laughs> so, of course, uh, all the time, uh, I I believed that uh, I will be acquitted from these charges, but... Uh, but you never know, and, but uh, the result of the appellate court, it was very clear, it was very good and unanimous, three judges. So, I, I think that it is a very strong statement uh, uh, supporting the freedom of speech and freedom of faith, and I hope that it is encouraging uh, Christians and also other people to use their rights now and I'm also happy that it has gained a lot of attention in Finnish media uh, there were live, um, live broadcasts from my press conference to Finnish media and I would tell thoroughly the case and also the message of the gospel <laughs> to the Finnish homes.
1: Is there any chance they could appeal again? You know, take us through, are there any other legal options or is this really truly now case closed and done?
2: Yes, even that acquittal uh, was very clear and, and the result of the court was very clear. Uh, there is still possibility that uh, the prosecutor, uh, she has uh, she's able uh, to... Uh, to appeal to the Supreme Court. And uh, she was interviewed today, and she said that she's considering it. Uh, she has uh, 60 days' time to consider, to appeal to Supreme Court. Uh, she, said, she says that she's disappointed to the result. So we can't know what happened, but um, anyway... I have got from uh, two courts, district court and appeal court, very clear acquittals, so we can celebrate it. And I hope that it encourages people uh, to use these rights. Uh, Because, of course, this uh, almost five-year process, it has been some kind of um, warning sign, to, to people. And, and uh, they, it, 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 has been, it has also tended to, uh, to create some kind of uh, self-censorship among people. I yes. hope that uh, it would not happen. And that's why I want to encourage now people to use these rights.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you are absolutely right to be, you know, to be, you're victorious today, so you should be celebrating that. It is remarkable to me that after two courts have reacted in this way very clearly, that there would even be any consideration that they would even think maybe we would appeal this again. <laughs> I mean, that that to me is remarkable. But, you know, to your point, there are people who have watched your case, saw what happened to you, and they'll say to themselves, well, maybe I shouldn't speak up. Maybe I shouldn't tweet. Maybe I shouldn't yeah, especially looking at what you and just for those who don't know, and we've talked about this a number of times when we've had you on. What what was it? You know, there were there were a couple of things that was so egregious and so terrible in the eyes of the of this prosecutor that you were brought up on these charges. What were you accused of? Just take us through that.
2: Yes, this started four years ago uh, from a Twitter post that I sent. It was a question to the leadership of my church. I posted uh, uh, a photo that was taken from the Bible, from the book of Romans, its first chapter, where Apostle Paul teaches about same-sex uh, marriages. And the leadership of our church had just uh, um, supported publicly uh, the Helsinki Pride event. And I asked in that uh, Twitter update that how does this fit to the foundation of the church that you are supporting the bright Evident? It was just a question and it was just a photo from the Bible. And then there became a criminal complaint and police started to investigate the case. And after that, when it came to public, there were several other criminal complaints about a booklet that I had written already 20 years ago, or a radio discussion, TV show, and so on. Um, and then the prosecutor decided to file up three charges against me. So this has been the whole process, but what has been difficult is have been those false statements, false claims that the prosecutor has said because um, it has been more difficult to fight against against some false statements about my views and my my statements
1: yeah yeah well th- because this is really and you just you just highlighted these are free speech moments right sharing uh, the picture of a Bible verse talking about issues, that are important you know issues to culture issues to the church you said or you didn't do anything or say anything that was rude or mean or cruel and even if you did it would be protected speech and i think that's the part of this that's so that has been so troubling um but but and based on your victory and where things currently stand i know we want to leave people with an encouraging word and there's a lot to celebrate for you today what is your message though to those people who maybe right now are, are feeling afraid to speak out still. They're, they're thinking, well, I shouldn't do it because I don't want to go through what she went through. What would you say to those people, particularly Christians?
2: Mm. Yes, uh, I, I understand very well these people because I have to say that uh, I, I, I have felt privileged that I have been member of parliament. I have had possibility to fight four years against these charges. It, it might be more difficult for someone else uh, in, in some other occupations and, and so on. But uh, I, 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 would, uh, I want to say that if we are silent about these biblical issues, about our convictions, about our faith, uh, the space for our freedoms... The space for the freedom of speech, it, it comes narrower. It doesn't come bigger <laughs> if we are silent. So that's why I think that we have a calling to speak. If we, if we believe in Jesus, we speak about him and we tell the truth of his word. So it is the calling of Christians to speak and to tell about gospel to tell about uh these uh,
0: biblical b- biblical truths All right Billy appreciate that main thing. I mean that is it's crazy that she, I mean you think about what she's in court for, right? It sounds like this big controversy. Now she posted something online. It's wild. Yeah. Well,
1: and they have what 60 days I think she said yeah. to potentially appeal still. So this could go to the Supreme oh, Court. Like I mean there it. is a chance that it's over for now, but there's a chance that And the prosecutor
0: said she's open to appealing. She's considering it. What a waste of resources. Unbelievable. Continue praying for Pavi as well. All right. That's going to leave us with time for one last thing on the podcast today.
1: I just love this rhetorical question. It's Proverbs one twenty two. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? And it just makes me laugh. I don't know. (laughs) It's true, though, right? We all fall into that category sometimes.
0: Yeah, we do. And we look to our own ways and we look to our own wisdom. And so... And see it in the Old Testament as well. Constantly turning to their own idols, their own their own ways. So, let's turn back to the Lord today and look for the things we're doing in our life that's of our own wisdom and of our own simple-mindedness. So, all right, Lord willing, and that creek don't rise on us. We shall return tomorrow with more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. We'll see you then.